your best friend in the world. Um, it's your third best friend in the world. Uh, I've got Fourth. a lot of. I've got a no. You don't. No, I'm, you don't. I'm pretty. No one's by. I'm no. pretty popular. No, you. No, you're not. No, like you're. I reckon you're. Um, real talk, dude. Real um, talk. Right out of the right, right out of the gate. Real talk. You probably got. You're like everyone's like good friend. But like you're not that many people's like best friend. Like you're my one of my best friends, but apart from that, like you got nothing outside of me. Like you need me, bro. You need me. This actually hits home quite a bit because I've been feeling quite lonely this year. Oh, don't don't do that. I've been you know don't make me country. out to be the asshole. In a different country, God. feeling quite isolated, and oh, I'm not going to lie, we wishing that more people had reached out and said something. Here's um, the it's been tears. a little bit of a, um, a little bit of a shock to the system, and if I'm oh, honest, because I, up. I just, I guess I thought more people cared. Well, they don't, and the sooner you learn that, the better. I and guess I just gotta, I gotta cut ties. You know, I gotta stop putting myself out there for people. You don't need to cut ties, dude. You need to gain ties. I need to cut ties. You need tie- to create I, ties. I, I need to change the ties of the. the I need to change my tie. I've you got old ties which tie. aren't working for me. I need to you put need new to go ties with a out. Pinstripe there. tie. What's your favorite tie? I think a thinner. I like a slightly thinner than you'd think tie. Me too. Not a skinny tie. Not skinny. In between a slim and a skinny. Between a slim and skinny, exactly. Which is which is what my my go to jeans are as well. Yeah, I like my ties and, like I like my jeans. Uh huh. Slightly, slightly, slightly slim, slightly skinny. Yeah. There's yeah. there's a dick joke here, but we're gonna we're gonna move past it. My dick is both slim and small. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't need to go past the joke then, if you're just gonna say it outright. I learned that from uh, my 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 um a mentor of mine, Michael Scott. Um, he uh, yeah. If you get to, if you beat them to the joke, then you take the zing out take of take the power away. They, take the power away, and so that's why I'm constantly roasting myself. Yeah. Every hour, every second of the day, I'm just constantly roasting myself. It's actually hard it, as an outsider to watch it because sometimes you're just like, stop! He's already dead. Yeah, and speaking of roasting myself, um, by the way, are we on? We we live, baby. <laughs> a singer? Have we started? Have we started this? <laughs> um, so f- feedback from the Christmas uh, song. Oh yeah, fiasco. Fiasco. Now, now what's be- well, what's made this a fiasco? Well, you fucked me, bro. You fucked me. <laughs> you fucked me in a in such a big way that you don't even know. I and don't. I, I, I have to tell you this. I don't want to tell you this, but I have to tell you this. Okay. Because I'm an artist, and I uh, I die. I cry for my art, and my art, by the way, is this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, no, I appreciate it. Everyone knows this. So not only did you fuck me with the with the Christmas song, just uh, just absolutely killing the christmas song you just yeah i I mean yeah you blew me out the water with the uh with the production value with the effort with the lyrics which you posted to soundcloud by the way thanks for that 
check that, out Nick's was, Licks. Uh, spinning them so fast, sometimes it's hard to get all the like actual nuances of the lines if you don't have it like lyrics to read along with. You know, it is helpful. It's helpful. Um, yeah, um, but now you've got it. Now not only that, but you've infected my head, and so now I'm fucking walking around my job just going, you know, beneficidity. You know, just just doing that to myself, just because it's it's an earworm, and now I'm just fucking like, it was it was so catchy in a way that now I'm just going, penalisity, like just around to myself, and then I have to remember that that's that's my penalisity that I'm talking about, and it's just in my brain, and then fucking Emma is like. Singing, humming your Christmas song, just like not even thinking about it. It's like we're in the car together. She's just like, you know, singing bars. Oh man, oh, yeah, you really, you really pulled a number. You really pulled a number on me this this Christmas. I'm very proud well, of that. I'm satisfied. Oh, I'm you glad. You should be, dog. You should be. It's you know, an earworm is. You can't just like, you don't just get an earworm. You know, I, no. like I wasn't no. trying to make it. Sometimes no. it's just lightning in a bottle. You know, it just happens. It happened, baby. What's the um? What's the feedback been from you after? Yeah, I've had a few people reach out and be like, "Holy shit, dude!" Like, a lot of them seem to contact you first, which I think is fair. And then you screenshotted all their approval and sent it to me in what can only be read it as a jealous or hurt tone. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, 100%. no. Then I, I've had I've had good good mates get in touch and be like, "Holy shit!" Not so, only have I had um people send me messages about the Christmas song and how, you know, great or accurate it was about me, whatever. But I've like read, like Katie showed me the messages you sent in order to set up. Like I was with (laughs) Katie the other day and she was like, this is, and even then I'm getting fucking roasted. You know, it's just like, it's relentless with you. I don't think that that's true. I don't remember explicitly roasting you with the setup messages. you, You said one thing in particular and I quote, um, it's, it's just amazing how many of Michael's friends are willing to jump at this opportunity to take the piss out of him. I did say that. Yeah. That, yeah. No, that's, that's true. I mean, that's not really a roast though. If anything, that's like a meta roast, isn't it? That's, that was a statement of fact, which was that it was very easy to convince people to jump in a chorus line and sing along insults about you. But that's not, yeah. that's not a roast. That's just an objective truth. No, a roast would a roast would be generous compared to what you've done. You fucked my life up. <laughs> you, you've ruined me. Well, that's, you've, that's made all... a, you've humiliated me in front of my friends, and you've done it with fucking flow. And I resent that, and I really appreciate that as well. Yeah, I, I respect that. I, I I knew there was only one way to get through to you this Christmas, and there is. It's through the medium of roast. Yep, and. Now, now I have to, I have to fucking, I have to one up you next year. Like that's the only way is up. And this is, this is, I think what we wanted from this, but that is, it is something that has to escalate. Like <laughs> I, that I can't, I can't just come in with like a, you know, just a nice like ballad next year. I can't yeah. do that. I have yeah. to. You did a lovely ballad now. this year. I don't, I feel like we've 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 skirted past it a bit. Your song was lovely this year. It was no. just in the same position that I was last year, where I took the cheap comedy route and you took the sincere full carol route. 
and it's just it's it's a difficult game to play when you're coming at it from a different angle like that yeah. sure. but you did and a great th- job this is yeah and I, I, this is not a competition at all i did win um but so let's not <laughs> let's not get rid of that aspect of it but you're right it wasn't no, but, a competition this year it, <laughs> it was last year. <laughs> but it, it's not it's it's about it's not about the like what's better it's it's a it's about like what made like the most impact on the other person I sure think. um which i love um but yeah already thinking of ideas i'm i'm I, like i'm not gonna lie i'm coasting now i got what? I, yeah i don't i've i'm i'm not interested in like doing i spent it this this past song has been on my like in my brain for the past year i'm quite happy to wait six months now and not think about christmas song at all like I'm coming in as the reigning champ, going into round three. I don't, <laughs> I don't need. I just, I'm, I'm happy to just sit and let, let you fret and sweat for a little bit, and then. Pretty, pretty sure you sent me a message a couple of nights ago saying already got my next idea. So I'm yeah, I got my idea. So I don't need to do anything to think about it. So right. now I just put it, put it in a cache and, and seal it up and open that box in September. Well, nobody knows what a cache is. Nobody everyone, cares. Everyone knows what caches are. Is it like a quiche? It's like a, yeah, it's like an eggy sort of savory tart. Yeah, with songs. Um, but uh, hopefully, before Christmas, we'll have those songs on Spotify. Yes, you've Both. struggled and failed so far. Well, not my songs uploaded uh, pretty well. I think you'll find that my songs are too high quality. Yeah, probably too high quality. Uh, just on that note, just on they're that having to actually note. patch in and um, put like an extra explicit tag, like a double explicit, just because the burns are so aggressive. Yeah. Um, so they're just waiting for the tech teams to get back on that aspect. Yeah, when I tried to upload it, it said, error, too hot to handle. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, <laughs> this is some spicy flow. dumbing down the lyrics. Um, but yeah, hopefully, it is a bit of a process uploading to Spotify, mm. yeah, annoyingly so, but hopefully uh, for Christmas. Cool. But whatever, you can head to SoundCloud. Oh, so you haven't posted your song on the facebook i thought you were doing it why am i i thought you were doing it i'm not in charge of social media that's i'm not gonna post your song you post your own song it doesn't say that it's from either of us it's just a generic deep thought post it doesn't make any difference what am i gonna do do like a fucking wrap up like yeah just copy for your song that fucking destroyed me like you you said that you were i've got some self-respect but no one knows who posts on the deep thought post anyway it's just blank just put it up you're that is you are the president true. of Deep Fort. I am the CEO. This is what? your task. I did not know it was the president of Deep Fort. You're the president. I, I'm the CEO. Honestly, our dynamic has been more of an employee-employer relationship. <laughs> I'm promoting you. Know you. That. I got some big news. You know, it's been a few years on the podcast now. You've been putting in some hard work, and I got some exciting uh, 2020 prospects for you. Congratulations, Mr. President. <laughs> The, you, the dynamic is that um, we have deep thought, but you call all the shots, and sometimes you let me post on social media. <laughs> that is the deep thought. You do all dynamic. I, I thought like I was giving you a domain. I thought this was understood between us that I don't post on the like I don't put this shit on Instagram or on Facebook or whatever. Like that's your. I'm not gonna like wade into your 
area just like you don't get to wade into like the editing or the you know quality control or the like scheduling the calendar the topics you know things like science news um what we do budget wise you know posting it on the website managing the rss feed you know sort of promotional stuff with brands and that sort of thing emails so i think it's a fairly even split I wish I just didn't laugh at that. <laughs> I just held it. By so, the way, this podcast is proudly brought to you by Smooth, Smooth My Balls. My balls. Smooth, smooth my, my balls. balls. Nick, I don't know about you, but my balls uh, ain't so smooth. Well, they weren't until I bought a Smooth My Balls razor. You heard me right, folks. It's Smooth, smooth my, balls my Balls is the razor, the company, the, the brand. brand. The brand. Head to smoothmyballs slash Instagram.com to type in Deep Fort to get your bowl. What is it? Is it a, what it's like a, I think it's like a personal razor? grooming kit. Yeah. It like yeah. just helps you get the hair off your ball sack. Um, did you see that I did actually, they, they did message us. This is legit. Um, this is, this true. is legit. It's not a paid sponsorship, but they did reach out to us. They did reach out to us on Instagram. Did you see what I wrote back to them, by the way? I didn't. I didn't. That's not my domain. I try and leave, you know, a little uh, little area for you to feel proud so of. This is the... Thank you. This is this is for real. Um, and we are genuinely plugging Smooth My Balls. And you can find them on Instagram. But they did hit us up on Instagram and said... They were basically asking for, review, like for us to review the product. And I wrote back to them and said... Hey, if we're a podcast, we're happy to read our ads ad nauseum on our podcast for you if you just send us send us a one razor, razor each. That's yeah. all you do. And they they wrote back and they said, "Hey, we don't typically send out. We're not in the position to send out razors at the moment or free merch or whatever. Well, they don't call it merch. They call it items, products. Uh, but uh, let me get back to you." So waiting to hear about from Smooth My Balls, but that would be a total win. So I think we just keep reading ads out for Smooth My Balls and maybe it'll get picked up. I think that there's a solid chance here. You know, we had a we we crossed paths earlier in the um the grooming industry with uh, Manscaped. Manscaped who you know, they weren't so impressed when we said that, you know, we're the perfect uh, podcast outlet for that kind of thing. Uh, mm. They wanted hard data, you know. They wanted they wanted to control us by making sure that we had a viewership which supported that kind of product placement. And to that, we said that's fair. And then we promoted Wall, which haven't responded to the plugs that we've been giving them. Um, no, we which have is, tagged them on Facebook. We, we have tagged a them on partnership. Facebook. But I don't know that they've noticed. So I think Smooth My Balls, <laughs> uh, which has, from memory, six photos on their Instagram page and mm-hmm. nothing else. Uh, and a I lot think... of bots. Don't forget the bots that, that are clearly following them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like there's a good chance here that we might get some knockoff Chinese ball shaving technology. Look, we started this podcast almost seven years ago. We didn't know where this was going to take us. And yeah. look, honestly, if we end up with one ball trimmer each from this, even one to share, trans-Tasman, um, <laughs> then, I mean, we could just, we could just we could retire. mail it back and, back and forth. Yeah. You know, it might need two <laughs> weeks notice. Hey, I'm getting a little too, you know, 
I just trimmed my balls in two weeks. Can you mail it back? We could do yeah. that. We're happy I think to it do needs that. to be a, like an immediate thing, right? So if you trim your balls, it's like, okay, rinse it off, put it in the post that day because this, the transit at the moment between these countries, it's taking three to four weeks. So I think it needs to be on like a TikTok schedule where the moment you get it, you shave it, Back to the post office. Hey, didn't I just Love see you a minute ago? Yeah, dropping off my bull shaver. Got to go back to New Zealand. And they're like, good to see you again, Michael. <laughs> I love that. I love that you're telling the postie what's inside. Yeah, it's just my bull shaver that I share with a friend overseas. <laughs> we have a podcast, by the way. The postie's like, can I, can I not be a postie anymore, please? Oh, welcome to Deep Four, everybody. Ah, oh, thank you for being here. Last show of the year. Oh, it's yeah. uh, it's 151. You know, gotta catch them all. The uh, the 2027. The okay, I'm gonna just I'm gonna wipe that back. The 2020 years season is over. Okay, fuck. Nice. I've lost it. I've I've gone a little bit computer crazy today. I've been staring at my computer at my desk all day, and it's just hurting my brain a bit. So I don't know what's happening. Okay. It's the end of 2020, and. We're happy that you're here. Sitting through the internet with me. Michael, say a few words. Hello. Hello. Happy New Year. Um, this is after... We're recording this before Christmas. No. Nope. So happy Christmas. Oh, we're yes, recording we this are. before Christmas, but it's we coming are. out after Christmas? Is that no, correct? No, I don't think so. I think it's coming well, out in a couple of days. Yeah. All right. Then fuck me. Happy New Year. Thanks for... And I'm Nick. Hi. Sorry, I'm just starting to feel a combination of tired and potentially migrainey, so I'm just keeping half an eye on it. I had oh, a migraine okay. on Tuesday, so. All right, well, tell someone who cares, but yeah, I'm half in the bag <laughs> already. I just came from a surprise work lunch, um, and I am I'm probably about ten beers deep. And oh uh, shit, I've this explains di- a lot. Divided the office in half magically uh, with some questionable. Remarks that I don't know where they came from. I don't know. Do you do this when you go? I mean, I don't think you do this, but I've just noticed that I'm doing it more because now I'm in a new environment with a new job that that if no one says anything, like I didn't consider myself an awkward guy. You're probably going to laugh at that. No? Okay. Um, I didn't necessarily consider myself an awkward <laughs> It was, wasn't it? <laughs> For a reason I didn't expect. Um, that if someone doesn't talk and I mean like, I'm kind of like semi into like semi in impress people mode or like still trying to make an impression that I just flick into autopilot or whatever. And the shit that comes out of my mouth is just absolute garbage. And I feel like I genuinely have no control and it's scary because I say some really, I say some questionable stuff sometimes like people that i shouldn't what what sort of garbage are you talking about just like talking about random shit that no one cares about or like well if i'm already talking and then i'll just keep talking like you will switch me off like you will interject or like people that know me will post yeah right and i don't have that in real life i don't have an editor in real life i don't have a filter and I just feel like I can just keep going. And the more that I say, like I sh- I've learned now as a 31-year-old man that I'll get like the, the, the core stuff out in the first few sentences. It's like the inverted pyramid. Core stuff out first few sentences. After that, it's just like unnecessary drivel and it might get me into trouble. 
So what's going to get you into trouble? Like saying things about other people yeah. or like crossing like taboo topics or... Yeah, more the former. Like I just say... I just like kind of freeze and panic and then feel like I need to say something. And then I feel like it's like like three fat guys trying to get out of a small door. Like it's like I've got... I'm, I'm go- it's like fight or flight. I'm. That was fight, not fart. Although fart or flight could be something. Like I'm. It's like I've got like <laughs> either run away or stay where you are, but shit your pants. <laughs> Shut or flight. Shut. Or uh, flight. It's like it's like I'm trying to like search for something to say, and then three things come at once, and then try and get through the small door, and then what comes out is just absolute shit. And do you think that that's a like? You, you feel the conversation ending and you're trying to, like, keep it going kind of impulse. Yeah. yeah. It's that. I don't have great social skills. But I've built a friend, like, a built friends or a friendship, um, whatever. Circle? What the word is. Yeah, so, well, relationships with where people, where I can just say whatever I want and people will accept that. But that doesn't work necessarily in all uh in all circles and also i've had to i haven't had to be in like not saying i'm like in professional mode at work but it's like i have had to change my the what like i have had to adopt a certain like professional demeanor uh, which i which is a muscle i haven't flexed in a long time yeah having to have that sort of courtesy or like that just slight bit of like deference to other people yeah, totally. And like in my last job, I mean, I was so comfortable there that I that I just never had to do that. And I would I would purposefully say shit to, you know, you know, you know, I don't know, in politically incorrect stuff or or say things to wind people up, but I can't do that now. And yeah. It's really But I mean, you me. you've done that before. Like you've been in that mode before. You've learned how to do that at jobs previously. So I think that it's probably just an adjustment period, right? It's finding yeah. that muscle again and working out, oh, yeah, shit, okay. Here's the thing that I can talk about or here's the angle to continue the conversation or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, you're totally right. Like, yeah, I'm just in that in that period. Where and I'm also like, oh, 10 beers deep nasty. is going to do that to a lot of people in any context anyway, so that's not oh, going to yeah. help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's all, it's all, it's all good. It's all good, but... So I suppose that's a um, as good a place to start as any because this is kind of our um, retrospective on the year. Yeah, and this I is my favorite. What... This is my favorite part of the year when we wrap up and we got a big one. What a year! What a year! And what a year for you! Like I think we should start there. You got a job, right? You, you fucking, you you're in your big boy pants in a new location doing a thing that you really enjoyed. Talk us yeah. through how that happened and how you feel about it. Well, I'll I'll. I'll start somewhere slightly off that where uh, it was a continuation of, a, of, of something I was a conversation that I was having earlier where um, so 2020 has been a diabolical year for most of the population. But for me, this has been a complete turning point in my life. This has been one of the greatest years of my life, honestly. And that's weird because everyone's gone through shit. And I don't mean just because of the job, but like, so this has been the, the, um, the 
narrative of, of this year for me and it's and it's been okay so I, I was working doing a job that i you know was was into um but then in march everything got shut down uh we there was a lot of uncertainty about so march was rough march 20 i remember the owners coming in at my my last job and saying basically we, we didn't know that co- everything was going to get shut down um and we didn't know what our future was we just kind of weren't taking it as seriously as we should have, but then the owners came in and had a staff meeting with, with um, some core staff members and basically and I mean, said, if, "If I can interject just quickly, yeah. like the very first time that we talked COVID on this podcast, I asked the question, what was it going to take for you to take this seriously? Yeah. Not because you were wrong in in not, because it yeah. was it was just not it hadn't crossed." to Australia and New Zealand yet. It hadn't got to that stage. It was this like conceptual thing that was happening overseas in the way that's like, oh, the Ebola thing's breaking out in Africa. It's like, well, okay. But there was no real suggestion it was going to sort of impact us to the extent that it has this year. And then almost two weeks later, you're like, okay, well, fucking did it because I lost my job (laughs) or I've been retrenched. I remember what I said there. I said, oh, it it would take like... The, the next door neighbor or some bullshit answer like yeah. that, like coughing or something, which is ridiculous. But I have been mani- meaning to genuinely go back to that episode. And I would just love to hear now that we're kind of coming out of the other side um, and Hopefully. truly coming out of the other side. Yeah. yeah. Well, New South Wales just recorded 17 more cases out of nowhere today. Um, but yeah, it would be, it would be so interesting to listen back to myself pre COVID as a naive young man but yeah anyway so so march 20 was when the business that i was working for basically told us if you have anything else in the pipeline maybe start thinking about pursuing that because we don't know what's going to happen with our business and then that was the fucking scariest thing in the world i remember leaving that meeting and just going holy shit like they're basically telling us we don't know if we we have a job for you They were telling us to start taking annual leave. And we're like, holy shit, like, what is that going to look like? We, we didn't know what JobKeeper looked like. But, so they, they, they were a tricky couple of weeks. But then, and that was the worst couple of weeks of the year. But then JobKeeper got introduced. And then that financial security, I was like, it was, it was far less than what I was earning. But I was also spending less. And um, it was just enough to to keep the lights on. So that gave me once, once that kind of, uh, once the acceptance of the virus and what was, how it was changing the world crept in or was truly realized, then it was okay. Now I've got all this time to walk the streets and think and just listen to music and podcast. And, and I, and I took up music in a, in a proper way again. And, and I threw myself into that. And it was all that time, all the, all, all those things that I would always fantasize about wanting to do when I was at work, I was, I had the opportunity to do them and playing poker and, and, and with my friends, it was just a lot of downtime. And that, that part was great. That part was truly great. And then just as, things started to open up again um i was able to to apply for a job that i really truly wanted and 
if I was working full time like I was, I would. There is no way that I would have been able to put the amount of effort necessary into the application to get the job uh, that I did. And I, I've never, I haven't tried harder at anything in my life, uh, and I really mean that than I did at this application for the job that I got. Yeah, I, I, um, I had the time to do it. I immersed myself in it um, thoroughly. I decided that I really like deeply wanted it, not just because I wanted a change, but I, but I really wanted the job. And, um, and then I was able to get that job just as things started to open up. And that was in October, that was in September, October. And the, the job, you know, you don't want to put too much emphasis on like one thing, but it was quite, it was, it did solve all of my problems at the time. <laughs> yeah. Like just as things started to open up again, I then now, you know, got a, got a healthy salary. I, um, <clears throat> I was doing something that I, that I really loved. Um, things were opening up again. Yeah. It, you're actually it, it able was... to go out of the house and go to like and, place somewhere uh, new and interesting. Totally. And it wasn't like, it wasn't like kind of in the same, it wasn't kind of the same uh, timing. It was like the week of, yeah, like the week that venues started to open up again was the week that I started the new job. And so I was working from home this whole time. And then now I got to step into a, an office and like, and truly like an environment and like a world, yeah. uh, which is which is what it is. And yeah. it's just like, it's there, there is. It's, so yeah, that is all to say that this year for me has just been so unbelievably wonderful. And I, there is a certain amount of guilt that I, that I, that I feel um, from that because people have had it so rough. And I've also, you know, on top of that, just had, you know, a good house. I've, I've I have a partner that I live with. I've, not all of the things that people have really struggled with, loneliness, financial security, somehow I slipped through the cracks. Yeah. And I um, I feel so fucking grateful for that. I feel guilty. I feel hashtag blessed. Um, and I, I just, I can't believe it, man. Like I, I'm, I'm, I feel really, really lucky. And, and, and not only lucky, I feel proud of myself. Uh, as well for for you know being able to achieve the things that I, that I wanted to achieve, but um, yeah, I mean this year has been an absolute blessing for me, and I feel like a dog saying that a little bit, but that's the truth. Yeah, well, and as you say, it didn't happen like it wasn't a mere roulette, you know. It was also based on your efforts. So you put in probably twenty hours of preparation to before that like first job interview. You know, you spend yeah. an entire weekend totally top to bottom immersing yourself in the culture of the place you're looking at like researching preparing thinking writing prepping and then jumping into those like interviews utterly ready you know and that's that's not just luck you know that is effort and in the same way you were able to find i mean you're yeah as you say you're you're 
in a good position going into it in some ways where you had a nice house, you had a partner with living with you that you get along with and who could be yeah. there for you um, and support each other through what was quite tough times. Um, mm. But again, that was also not just random luck. You know, that was your conscious efforts at those things too. And even in that, that case of like, oh, March, you know, fuck, I'm losing my job. What am I going to do about it? There's a couple of weeks in which it was you know, uncertain in which I remember you were applying for a bunch of jobs and that sort of thing. Um, but you were able to find very quickly the silver linings of those moments and be like, well, shit, I can write music again, which I haven't been able to do for ages. You know, I'm saving my money on certain things and now I can pay off all my debt. Like you diligently, yeah. you took that money and instead of splurging it on things, which you did eventually, I think, but like your first and moment, uh, your first impulse when you had those like surplus of funds coming through was to get balanced, right? To get yeah. financially in the black again. So again, that's mm. that's self control and diligence and persistence in those kind of things. And it it as much as I understand the impulse to not be like this is a great year or like not diminish other people's difficulties in this time, of which you also had some. I think you do need to give yourself credit where it's due as well. Yeah. Yeah. You're totally right. Um, and yeah, it, it was both. It was, it was both. It was both a good year for me and it was shitty in some parts. And it was, it was mostly a good year for me and mostly a shit year for, for many people. And that's just how it happens. And I'm sure I'll have shitty years ahead um, where other people have great years. But um, yeah, uh, well, you said something just before that really made me think of, oh Yeah just those early days where it was between the business being shut down and not having a job and, and before we even realized job keeper was a thing. And it's something I haven't thought about since you just um, prompted that, um, which was that in those weeks, I remember just not knowing what to do. I didn't want, I would wake up at nine, uh, like a, re a regular or, you know, my regular wake up for work time. Yeah. And I would just feel like I had to, I was like, all right, what do I do? And this is like at the start of the pandemic where no one knows what, what the economy or the job situation is going to look like. And so those first few weeks, every day I was like frantically searching for any jobs. I even considered being a policeman Wow. Uh, at one point. Um, and it was like, you don't know what to, you don't know what given to do. the state of policing in 2020 you probably <laughs> probably dodged a, a political bullet there so to speak i suppose well yeah um yeah um but yeah it's so crazy to so crazy to reflect back on all that like that and that uncertainty the uncertainty was the killer and then yeah like you said like then the acceptance of like okay this is the state of the world for now i i might as well just um make uh what's the saying make hay while the rain hay shines while the wait, make hay while the sows make hay, make while hay the out of lemonade when life gives you hay get in the stay, shade get in the shade <laughs> um so that those are quite external thoughts like those are outside um to you kind of things the job the the uh relationship to an extent the house the finances that kind of thing uh what was your year like internally in your head personally emotionally you know uh, 
in your inside Michael. Inside Michael was good. Um for a couple of reasons. One was that I at a certain point um felt that I really couldn't do anything about my situation. So previously maybe I had, you know, I would beat myself up a little bit or put pressure on myself like you should be doing more to be in a position that you you really want to be in or like and then once that's taken off the table, it was like, I, I literally can't do that. Um, yeah. So that was helpful in, in, in some ways. And then I think just I just genuinely always wanted the time to just walk around like an old man and listen to music and just think about stuff. Like it's like my literally my favorite thing to do and make music and and it was so that was i was fulfilled i Mm. felt fulfilled um properly so um and i don't know if we said this on the last podcast but like i mean it was easy for me not to feel lonely i guess but loneliness is just something that i've not really wrestled with much i mean i've probably been lucky um but yeah i think emotionally i was quite quite good after those initial anxiety inducing months of the year um quite quite good and quite stable and then once we got out of it and i you know felt proud for things that i had achieved it was like it was really good it was fine <laughs> it was really good that's good yeah you've you've seemed like very content this year you you've seen really? I'm, uh, it's amazing uh, uh, maybe it isn't amazing but just having some of those burdens which had always been there you know doing a job which was a job but not perhaps in the moment super satisfying you know creatively or professionally yeah. uh, and moving to a position in which it was more fulfilling in terms of the actual tasks you're getting to do and or more stimulating in terms of the space that you're in um, and financially better covering your costs and that sort of stuff when you take away those like negatives out of your life where it's like okay now you can be more fulfilled more creative and better paid for it Mm. um then all of a sudden that's like a huge burden removed from your like moment to moment life isn't it the the satisfaction i think was evident externally as well just in these couple of months Oh well, that well, that's nice to hear. Honestly, um, you know, I was saying this to Emma the other night that this, I think, my brain and maybe everyone's brain is kind of programmed to always search for like something to worry about, um, and and I have had things genuinely to well, legitimately, I felt there have been to worry about in the past, uh, be it money, be it satis- job satisfaction, be it whatever, um. And this, like this moment in time, for me, is is has been. I am. I feel truly happy at this point in time. Like, and I, I mean that. Like coming into Christmas as well. Like the whole thing. Like, I I I have. I've got some worries, but like I I really don't have anything to truly worry about. And I haven't felt like that in so fucking long. And it feels so good, and I'm. I can feel my brain trying to search for worries, and I've been listening right. to a lot of 
of Sam Harris lately and, and just trying to actively be present. And I was literally on the roof by myself last night and just being like, I was saying to myself, dude, just, you're good. This is, it's going to be bad later, probably, almost certainly, but it's good now. Just enjoy, just enjoy it now. And it was, it was like this real sense of, all right, yeah, feels good now. This moment is good. This is a good moment. Yeah, Um, awesome. And I think that in itself, I've said to you on here and outside that, I feel like I've had trouble kind of recognizing the good moments or the bad moments. Um, and that I, that I felt like I can only really do them in hindsight. But I think what I'm expressing there is a, a feeling like a, an inability that to be present in, in the moment. And I think part of that, if I want to like try and be more present is literally just saying to myself, this is good. Yeah. Enjoy it. Yeah. And just telling yourself that. And I think that's part of it. It sounds simple and silly maybe, but it's. I think it works and it's working. And I'm happy. All right. I think enough about me. This is, this is, getting, <laughs> this is getting too much. All right. All right. I was, tell was me nice about your year. Um, well, now it's going to really feel like we're just two assholes because I had quite a good year as well, to be honest. <laughs> oh, look at, look at us. <laughs> Just two white guys loving 2020. Good to be white in 2020. Tell you what. Middle class. (laughs) We suck. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, no, I did. But I can point to reasons which are uh, personal as well as exterior. Um, Please do. uh, From an exterior perspective, like I've, I've had quite a few amazing opportunities and successes this year, not the least of which was the good grief thing. And finally, um, three years into development on this show, or two years into development, we then entered 2020 having been funded and with the opportunity now to make it real. So we spent a few months working on those scripts, which is always really fun, and, and then having like a deadline and a goal and, an, and a format that we knew that we were working to entering July and August and then watching it come to life before my eyes, you know, casting people, um, going up and standing around on set and getting in people's way as it was all happening. And so what, what month was that? Sorry. July and August. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then, uh, through the post process, which I was a bit more hands off with, but then at the end of it, getting to watch some final finished, season of tv that i created with my friends and a whole bunch of amazing people helped make happen it, it's like in terms of professional accomplishments when i moved over to new zealand uh five coming up on six years ago now um it, it was exciting merely to be over there to work in tv and to now three years after going freelance to have uh, a show to my name, which says, written by uh, oh. Nick Shadle, Eve Palmer, and Grace Palmer, and created by Grace Palmer, Eve Palmer, and Nick Shadle. It, it, it's it's very surreal. It's very satisfying. And, oh and I can't look back at this year for all the other shit that went on and not say, fuck, I did the thing. 
I, I mm. did the thing. I got to write a comedy series and it got made and funded and it's about to come out in two and a bit weeks. Yeah, that's... This was like... This is... Wait, so when did you move? 2014? Uh, I moved on the 6th of January, 2015. I got the job at the end of 2014. Wow. Yeah, so coming up on six years. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, six years, not a long time, really, if you think no, about it. It's but, a third of... Uh, but sorry, for us... A... Yeah, it is a fifth of our life. It's a lives, fifth of my life, yeah. But when we're 50, it will be you know, a 10th of our lives or whatever. I think, I think it's better, it's better framed and more, more weird framed as half of my adulthood. Because if you think from 18 onwards, that's like 12, 13 years, right? I will have been over here for six years now. So that's half of my adult life. I've now spent in New Zealand, which is very weird, but yes, but it's all, it is all relative. Uh, it's all relative, point was but that it is, it is a large chunk of time now, but then if you reflect back on this after your career, you're hitting your middle point of your career in your fifties. I mean, sure. it won't be, no. um, but yeah, I, it is quite emotional to think that this, like you've gone from being stoked to be on a TV show in a foreign land to having your name on your own TV show in six years is incredible. And that, this new platform that you've gotten to is the start of another platform. Yeah. Um, which is <laughs> so cool, man. So cool. Yeah. So I can't, I can't ignore that, you know, massive professional success. It, it, it's, it's, professional and i suppose also creative success you know getting to to make a thing but at a legit scale that i've never really yeah. had the opportunity to we've made things on the podcast we've written music we've i've i've worked in tv i've made short films you know all of these mm. things are uh satisfying in their own ways but to do it when it's with a budget of half a million dollars and where you can have like real actors and real catering and real producers and amazing directors and, and all that like people that came together, that's a level of sort of satisfying, which I hadn't it got to experience yet. Yeah. Um, do you feel like in terms of your creativity, do you feel like, I mean, you're a guy that's always kind of been writing or doing this pod or doing music. Do you feel like, just doing all those small little things has like helped you in some way or to, to, to get to a point where you're playing with the big boys or like, how do you view your creative output and, and how that's like evolved? It's an interesting question. I think that all of it helps. I don't know that all of it helps in ways that are obvious. And I don't know that all of it helps externally to the other people I don't think people are necessarily looking at the short films when they're deciding whether or not to, you know, hire you for a TV job or something like that. But in terms of your process, I think everything yeah. you make helps you because you learn something mm. from that process. Um, yeah. It's interesting because I've felt a little bit this year that my creative uh, outlook has had to be by necessity 
focused in a couple of very specific areas like the TV show or like the video game. And because that has been so demanding, I do feel like I don't have that extra space for new ideas to percolate. Like Good Grief has been the thing that I've been working on for the past three years. And so I've got a couple of long time ideas that have been sitting in the queue of, Mm. oh, this would be a, a good script to write, or this would be an interesting project to try and get going. But I haven't had the mind space, I think, to get out and, and cook new ideas up in, in that kind of scripting context, if that makes sense. Sure. My, my creative outlet, because it is now my freelance job, it is hard to then sit down at the end of the day where I've been at the computer all day and go, let's write a script, but this one, it's just for me. So that outlet sure. has turned into things like uh, the podcast or the the music stuff where it's not low, it's low not risk, the next low, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's not for anyone else except for me sure yeah it's it's uh, when you're working on a on a creative project in a way it's funny and I, I i can relate this to music where it's like you have that short spike of creativity and then it's like the admin of yeah. of maintaining or build of or coercing or molding that creative that initial spike. A demo is really like cathartic and um, fun, the best and freeing. Part, and just like it? this, and then it's this, and this, this, and the absolute worst part is the second draft. In any yeah. context, whether it's yeah. the the writing of a script or a song, or you know, sketching and starting to color in your comic or all of that stuff. The moment that it's like, okay, and now you have to make it good. It's just like, oh, fuck me. The, the like agony of the tiny choices and the, the minutiae of trying to claw your way up the cliff towards perfection, (laughs) towards the thing that you hear in your head or that you want it to feel like on the page and everything you're like having to pull your entire body weight above you to try and get up towards there. And every thing is arduous and painful and shit you're like this sucks this sucks so bad it was the Mm. same thing in like the good grief when you first see the rough cuts of this thing come together and you're watching it like completely ungraded no music you know the wrong takes all this kind of thing the timing's off you're just like oh my god Mm. how is this ever going to be good and then you just have to do that like diligent painstaking just just pick one just pick one thing and then fix that little one thing and then fi- fix one thing and fix that and then slowly mm. just push through that like horrifying process where you've got no creative energy to the point where you can start to step back and go oh it's actually good oh it's like yeah. it's okay and then it's satisfying again you can pick up that sort of downhill momentum and and finish off the project but yeah ugh. it's funny that a lot of creativity is the Basically, you trying to translate what's in your head or the vision that's in your head to the product or the project that you're making. It's like, that's what it is. That's the job is trying to get this, whatever's up here to there yeah. to like, to make that a thing. Yeah. And that's really hard Yeah. to do because you've got tool, you've in your head, you've got as many tools, head you've got all the tools, yeah. Yeah. and then in life you don't have all the. You know, you've got some tools. 
Yeah, but you also um, don't have necessarily all the time or all of the no. like. And you've got money other moving parts. You've got other the, people's, yeah. you know, vision. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's fun, isn't it? All right, keep going. So yeah, so that was so the work stuff was good, and then also I, I can't not mention Sherlock, which has been a sort of a dominant part of the second half of this year after Good Grief wrapped jumping into another video game and really getting to sink my teeth into that in a way that the first time I was doing sort of proofreading and going through what was already existing and and tightening and rewriting. And, and I think I, in the end, did about 75,000 words of that. But it was off a template, effectively. Um, and that offered some creative um, expression within those confines of already existing conversations and scenarios and that sort of thing in this one. Cause it's the same bunch of people when they liked and trusted me going into it. And I think possibly because I had a, a TV show this time around and I was able to, I suppose, reassure them that other people valued me creatively. <laughs> they were able to trust me with some legitimate original creation for Sherlock. So a lot, a significant number if not all of the key creative narrative moments in this video game i wrote from scratch and that is a degree of creative opportunity i really didn't really didn't expect even coming into this project i wasn't hired to do that but at a certain point they said hey we need someone to write the opening of the game and the endings of the game and the conversations between Sherlock and his brother and like all of these moments needed to be actually conceived and written and linked together with a thematic art and an arc and a um, philosophical arc that matches the the vision of the game and I got to write it I got to write the the beginning and ending of this video game wow. and people are going to play this shit and wow. watch digital conversations and cutscenes that I created. <laughs> and that's, again, just like the most me thing. Yeah, and again, the most... The most... And you're creating a world for someone else, which is the thing that just like kills me in a good way. It's just like you are creating a world for someone else to inhabit. That's amazing. Yeah. And again, it's not solely me and it's going back and forth with a team that knows what their vision is and changing things and asking this and they're the oh, ones they building it. They don't listen to this. You don't have no, to No, no, no. But my, my point is that like it, it's still working within some limits and that's part of the sure. collaborative satisfaction of it is is having this feeling of being a team working on a thing, even though they're literally the other side of the world. They're in Europe. You know, I'm on a TikTok schedule where they're 12 hours behind me. So if we have to have a phone call, I'm either doing it at 9 p.m. at night or 8 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> the, you uh, told me you weren't on TikTok. Yes, exactly. That's because I'm bad at dancing. <laughs> um, so well. that, um, that, that whole aspect has been quite satisfying. Um, and then I suppose to reverse the um the question i asked you there's the entire emotional and mm. like personal um stuff of this year which is that i have now been in a relationship for basically a year 11 so and a half months meet, when did you when when did you meet the boy january 9 oh, oh around this time yeah wow yeah so you can you can definitely chalk that down to this year That's a... yeah this is a 2020 thing it was it was just as i got back from uh adelaide in January, yeah. 
Oh, cool. So coming up on a year, you know, the longest relationship I've ever been in by a long stretch. Um, and from a personal and relationship level, the amount of satisfaction innate in that, the amount of like learning that comes from that, the amount of um, confidence, relief, enjoyment, you know, just all of these things, which I haven't had the opportunity to experience, but that I sort of waited for and wanted and to then get a year in which with all of the other shit that was going on, including a lockdown of five weeks where, you know, we were living in different houses and didn't see each other. Um, And that Mm. was right. That was March. That was only two months into this thing. Um, So very early on, um, like it was, yeah, it feels like you guys have been together for ages. To be well, a year, you know, like a year's in in terms of people's long term relationships, nothing. But in terms of starting from scratch, the first year of relationship is a fairly long time, right? Like that's that's a significant period to get to because so many don't, right? Yeah, and it's and it's interesting as well with the amount of shit that has happened in the year that your brain does this weird thing where it feels like simultaneously, it feels like the longest time and the shortest time. Like your brain does this weird mental illusion thing where when a lot of things happen in the year, you feel like the start of the year was yes, the last week. Yeah. And also three years ago. It's so weird. Yeah. We talked about that a little bit in the middle of the Corona sort of oh, uh, we did, right. lockdown stuff but yeah it's totally so weird and i mean but, so I, we're both in, coming in terms from of a... your relationship sorry in terms of your relationship i mean going starting your relationship just before all the the 2020 shitstorm uh and then to now i mean it, it must like kind of have the same effect on how you perceive the relationship like you've gone through a lot together you totally know? Yeah. It's um it's it's a strange one because like I'm completely in the normalcy of it now. It of what? Of the relationship in the sense that this is my normal now, you know. Oh, I, you mean you've you've stopped trying? I, okay, I didn't say that. I, I read between the uh <laughs> the sheets. Um the the I I'm still constantly delighted by it, but this is my um, uh, my I know what my week's going to be like. Like I know when I'm going to see him, and I know what we're going to do, and um, just just the 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 constancy in which like having someone to talk to across the day, or like checking in and 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 seeing how they're going. That's all very normal now, in a way that happened very quickly. Where right. there was this like the first six months of it were so weird, both because. I hadn't had a long-term relationship before. It's learning how to communicate, learning what you need to be open about, learning the things you need to be patient with, learning uh, each other's quirks, just the things that Mm. you need to take (laughs) and love and forgive or the things Mm. that you can try and help change or the things that you need to work through together and all that kind of shit on top of also, for a month and a half, you're not going to be able to see each other because of the pandemic. <laughs> and yeah, uh, and then even when you do get out of it, there's nothing to do, nowhere to go, and and all that kind of stuff. So, it was so a... what if what have you found difficult about that? 
What have I found difficult about like being yeah. in the relationship? Yeah, it sounds like I mean, not I don't wanna I don't wanna half the negatives, I'm just no. curious because yeah. um you see, it sounds like you, you're, you're learning a lot of new things. You, like you said, it's your first long-term relationship. You're learning all the things. You're getting a lot of a lot out of it. I'm just curious to see to hear what you have maybe struggled with. Uh, it's it's the combination of personalities. It's okay. it's knowing uh, how to communicate in like a. Um, objective way or like a a calm way when you're feeling hurt or when when you're offended by something and you have to sort of rationalize is this important enough to bring up or not bring up but is is that not a muscle you've had to flex just in your other relationships with people friends sure sometimes but it not it's not quite the same way you know and part of it is also learning to trust there's someone else there who's got your back being able to be vulnerable and able to uh, reach out when you're feeling shit or when you need assistance and know that they'll be there or be able to do the same for them. That's, that's a, you know, I think you and I are both quite independent people, but having that um, person there is, that's a luxury that I had never had before. Being able to, have that emotional support or the uh, the person to push you in a productive way out of your ruts or push you to try things that you wouldn't normally do. Uh, that that has been such a rewarding part of it. Um, mm. Yeah, and it seems like he's he's really doing that as well, which is it is one of the best parts about the relationship. Yeah, it's one of the best parts about the relationship is that tearing of the muscle. Like you're, you will start to become a different person just by virtue of the fact that you will change each other uh, with your own personalities, and you'll you'll challenge it if you if you're in a good relationship, like you are. You know, you you will challenge each other, and that will tear muscles, and then you'll you'll grow, and you'll both become different people by the end of it. You know, not that there will be an end, but sure, you know, yeah, I know what you'll you mean. Be, You'll you'll be different people, and that is the beauty of the of relationships. And you know it can be tough, but yeah, it's it's fun. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's you know that is one of those difficulties as well, because sometimes you're like, just let me be in my rut. Yeah, I, I like myself. Don't change. Me. <laughs> I'm perfect. I'm and, great. And having the humility to be like, oh, it actually doesn't matter. <laughs> right. We'll do. We'll, we'll, we'll do the thing you're suggesting or like I can be better than where I am or, you know, I can be fitter or I can, uh, you know, all the things that encourage and support one another yeah. to be or to do. It's, um, that's been, you know, there's been so much in that sphere that I have learned and enjoyed this year. Yeah, I can tell. It's like, it it comes off you. Um yeah, it's it's obvious to me, which is great. What part that I've changed? No, 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 no just... not that you've changed. Just that you're really making an effort to um, either to take on things that are important to Casey, um, or and and or that he is um, challenging you to take on 
And I, I only see one side of it because I don't have a podcast with Casey yet. Yet, yeah. Um, but that's in the works. Um, uh, but yeah, it is obvious to me that you are challenging yourself to kind of meet him at halfway or, you know, take on his hobbies a little bit and try new things. And that's cool. Yeah. I really, it's kind of amazing on reflection how much, uh, like, I feel protective of him. I feel proud of him. I feel excited every time he, like, comes over. I'm always looking forward to doing new things. Just having like a genuine sort of underpinning of love, like day to day, is just really sweet and soppy and rewarding. You're fucked. You are fucked, mate. Yeah. (laughs) You are fucked. And I haven't even had 10 beers. Oh, boy. No, that is the sweetest thing I've ever heard. Borderline on tears. Boy, uh, just while we're on relationships, uh, just let me do one. Hey, Siri, <laughs> can you text Emma and ask her to bring me down a beer? <laughs> Send. <laughs> Siri's just... Siri's just said, texting Emma, bring me down a beer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to go with that. Oh, fucking hell. Oh, wait, no, she's changed it. To just Siri, just said, texting Anna, bring me down a bit. Oh, good. Let's go with that one. I just sent Emma a message via Siri saying, just Siri, just said, texting Anna, bring me down a bit. So, <laughs> I think she's going to appear very quickly, concerned that you've had some sort of neurological failure. Yeah. So, oh, so what about emotionally, like you asked me, like emotionally... Um, psychologically like over the over the year how have you coped with the year how have you have you come out well i think the um you came out years ago but yeah it's true um nearly 10 years ago i think um the i might be wrong i might be wrong on that i can't remember um yeah i think so anyway um i mean um it it is very weird to be able to do this podcast and reflect on how the COVID thing was in the past, right? It's strange in a global context, particularly watching America, how fucked it is. But even like Europe, the UK, even the UK, the yeah. the images of people walking around in London just doing the Christmas shopping with no masks on it just yeah. it's crazy that the UK is in this fucking death spiral. It is bizarre. I never, mm. I never thought that it was so fragile over there that and- it could just. Uh, slide down this inexorable, I don't know, gutter after Brexit and just be completely politically fucked. What is it about, like, with America, it's kind of explainable because everyone's a libertarian there, like, don't don't tell me what to do. But how do you explain it in Europe? I mean, maybe we're we're doing this, we're we're talking from Australia and New Zealand. We're literally isolated uh, and, and, and closed off by great masses of water. Yeah. So that's probably got something to do with it. But also they do control their own immigration. Yeah. And also um, you look at uh, Asia, there are plenty of highly populated landlocked countries which have had not any near, you know, anywhere near the same kind of problems. 
It is. So what is it? Is it a mentality? It's a cultural thing, and I think it's mm. honestly a combination of um, politics and media, right? The, totally. It, I don't know that you could put it up to anything else. What defines culture? Culture is what people say and do and who they vote to represent them and what they engage with, and and that's all defi- that's all interconnected. And I think that both of those countries have just got this fucking crazy ineffective politics plus batshit media kind of wing where the media aren't really holding people to account, but the politics are sort of insulated from the media now so they can do what they want anyway. And it's all just kind of in this ideological death spiral. Yeah. And, and as a result, people are just like, well, fuck it. I don't trust anyone. I'm going to go around and, catch covid it's just yeah so i I, we don't need to go too far off into the political weeds about it all but just being in this position where i mean new zealand life is just normal it is just normal you scan a barcode as you walk into any sort of restaurant or supermarket or whatever and just track that you've been here but that is literally the only thing that we have to do you don't have to wear masks anywhere you don't have to even really carry a mask anywhere 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 Anyway, possibly public transport, but I don't think so. I think that was only during the um, the COVID reappearance in uh, in Auckland in a few months ago. But yeah, so it's all it's all just normal. It's really just normal. The only thing is we can't go anywhere, and we can't have people come into the country. So that's been the the emotional sort of underside of of this year is that I have been locked away from home in 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 a physical sense and to a lesser extent I've felt that emotionally as well where okay. it has always been a regular fixture of my calendar is that I would spend the year in New Zealand and then I'll get a couple of weeks at the end back home in Adelaide and I get to see my family and I get to see my friends and then it's back to New Zealand and that yeah. has always been a breather not that I needed it but just that sort of enjoyable Christmas home season, base. home base, yeah. reconnection kind of thing. Mm. And this year, particularly because I knew that things were difficult for them, just as they were difficult for us, uh, in terms of, you know, my sister was in Melbourne too. She was in lockdown. My parents were in Adelaide by themselves. They're in lockdown mm. th- to a lesser extent. The That aspect of it where it's like, I know that it's tough for you as well makes the distance more noticeable and going into this christmas season where i'm not going home i i'm feeling that aspect of it too where it's like i would really really have liked to be able to go home (laughs) and see you all do you think that you'll do that i mean they're talking about the trans transman bubble happening in the early in early 2021 do you think you'll be on that first flight yeah over? well not no no no, not that? the first flight but yeah i'll be back home in 2021 like that that's fine i think what's more interesting in terms of a reflection on the year was just the revelation that uh, like in my day-to-day in new zealand life i don't really feel the distance uh mm. in different years i didn't really feel the distance 
it was always something that, well, it's three hours away. Like I can yeah. pop over really on an impulse, on a whim, I could go home. If someone has yeah. a wedding, I can pop home for a weekend. I've done it. That yeah. kind of thing. I didn't realize the security that that sort of blanket was, the, right. the, the net of, right. well, home's not far away and I can get there. And mm. so even though there was nothing immediately pressing, no emergencies, no real loss even to not being there over Christmas in terms of practical things other than maybe missing a couple of weddings, simply knowing that I am now stuck here and that I have no family here, my family is there, psychologically that did add more to my stresses this year than I think I would have anticipated. Um, Even though I'm still a fairly level kind of person uh, yeah it uh, i definitely noticed it about myself feeling that distance for sure well this might be a difficult question to answer but what do you think that you get from touching home base and seeing your folks like what do you think that gives you what what do you think seeing your parents allows you to come home to new zealand with like what is it uh, is it a reminder of where you, of who you are, or where you came from? Like, I'm trying. I'm asking it's myself comfort. at the same time. It's it's just comfort. it's comfort, right? Like, it's love. It's, of uh, course, people who know you the better than anyone. Yeah, but it's also it's little things. It's it's like I can go and get a pasty at the bakery. It's I I can have someone else cook me dinner. Or uh, do my washing. Right. You know, I can see friends that I haven't seen all year and actually have a good conversation with them where you're connecting in person, face-to-face. You know, I can give them a hug versus the Skype thing, which, which works, but it is not the same level of like conversation typically or satisfaction as getting to hang out with someone. It's, it's a substitute, but it's not quite the replacement. So right. that aspect of... I think it, it it's literally and metaphorically true. It's closeness. It is it is being able to be in an area that brings you comfort and a sense of home and a sense of closeness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um my parents are selling their house. Right, shit. So this is going to be the last Christmas in our fucking house. Yeah. That's a childhood uh, house, yeah. That's been twenty plus years, twenty years. Well, we had. Oh, yes. you had the you had the one in. Um, we had Wayville, Wayville until like maybe fifteen, and then wait, maybe sixteen, and then seventeen to now. It's been this one, but yeah, yeah. My parents like oh, we're all in another state now, so it makes sense for them to. They've got a giant house, you know, but knowing that we're going back this year and we're just lucky that we can go back yeah. for for christmas that um that this will be the last uh last time that we actually are all there as a family so yeah extra special but just yeah grateful to actually be able to do that and feel really great like really thankful for the people that are in power that have allowed us to do this like Dan Andrews and Jacinda over there that they have really made like Christmas was all I wanted once, once 
once it reali- once we realized that 2020 was going to be an absolute write off. Yeah. It was like, can we just have Christmas? And they they got us there. I mean, look at fucking USA and yep. the UK. UK. The UK is going into harder. I mean, they're not. They're, I think they're saying, you know, use your common sense, which is whatever going into Christmas. I think that's the UK policy at the moment. Is like, just be sensible about it, um, which is obviously not going to work. But they're expecting now in the UK that over the Christmas period, they're going to get a massive spike in it's COVID cases, yeah. and it's gonna it's gonna overrun their healthcare system there. So they are anticipating already just Disaster. an absolute shit show. Yeah. So, and now we're in a position where, um, we're, we can yeah, go hang out at people's like, houses and yeah, pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. Feel very fortunate. Absolutely. And this is the 2020 wrap up. So by necessity, we are being intro, um, spective about ourselves and our lives, but I hope that, uh, to those of you listening, if you're still listening, that you are able to enjoy some things as we come into the end of this year as well and f- are able to see the people you want to see or speak to them and uh, feel that closeness or appreciation for what you've been able to enjoy this year as well. Mm. And if it's been just an absolute clusterfuck, well, you're not alone in that either. And I hope 2021 is better for you too. Mm. If you are looking for more things to do over your Christmas break, if those uh, parents you've been so desperate to get back to or your sister who you've been waiting for hangout time with actually is a pain in the ass and you'd forgotten about it, and how did you forget about it and you're just looking for something better to do, well, there's plenty more episodes of our podcast here. You can scroll down the uh, feed and just pick something out. It'll be delicious. It'll be great. It'll be satisfying, and those hours will fly by. There's also plenty of other places on the internet to find us. Facebook has a page. You can join us for information about uh, Octopus. Uh, there's a Twitter page if you want notifications of the uh, episodes going live. There's Instagrams with posts of things there's the soundcloud if you want to listen to those carols i've started to tune out even when i start speaking (laughs) and you can send your questions and comments to deepfort at gmail.com and they'll go into the mailbag and we will be sure to check them out um yeah lovely well done didn't listen to any of that but well done whatever um this Maybe. is my yeah love love the wrap up. I love this, Nick. I loved I loved just reflecting on the year with you just then. I really did. Um. So all right, so I got one quick thing to say. I have to tell you this. It's fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. So the other night I went and saw a movie called Possessor. Really scary. Great movie. Go see it. But for the first time ever, actually, well, to my knowledge, after seeing that film. I sleepwalked and I did something really weird in my sleep. And I think it was, I had been drinking a little bit, but not like, I mean, I drink quite a lot, a lot. And I don't, I don't sleepwalk. Yeah. And I think I suspected this movie because it was quite, uh, quite traumatic. You think you got possessed by a demon. I feel no. I feel like the, just the graphic images made me like have a very vivid sleep, and you, so I record my sleep on this sleep cycle app. Right. Yes. Right. And so this is what happened the other night. 
I apparently, I don't remember any of this. Emma said that I woke up in the middle of the night. Uh, so this is the first thing. I, I did the loudest fart of all time. <laughs> and I, it, my sleep app recorded it. Okay, great. So I'm going to play it, obviously. Let me get it up. <laughs> That's what she said. I'll send you... <laughs> Sounds so I like think that, a door I, opening. So loud, dude. Like, I was so embarrassed <laughs> and also impressed. And I... So I picked up that fart. But so but that was just before... I must have woken myself up with that gigantic pop-off. And gotten up. And then I went to go piss on... In my washing basket. Oh. And then Emma... I appreciate you just peeing in the corner. Did he? Says, baby, I'm just pretty, I'm pretty sure you're just pissing in the corner right now. <laughs> Recorded on my sleep app. Um, and then from there, I... So I pissed just in the corner of the room in the washing basket. And then I woke up at <laughs> well, like 5am. That's 5 actually quite convenient. Like, of all the places in a room to piss... That's what I that's said. That's very lucky. That's what I said. Um, she didn't see it the same way at all. Um, but then I woke up in a completely different room. I woke up upstairs on the couch and no recollection. And then Emma's just filling me in the next day. So that happened. Wow. Crazy. I've never like, sleepwalked before. Um, but yeah, I just really wanted to tell you that and, yeah. uh, and tell you about you. my fart. Because that was cool. Um, and then, yeah, some big news else? at the back of this podcast. Yeah, I'll send you that audio. If you yeah, want. thank you. Yeah. Um, and then, okay, yeah, well, this is part of, I guess it was going to be a part of science news, but doesn't need to be part of science news. Sure. Um, I just wanted to say, we were talking about this earlier today, December 21, Jupiter and Saturn. So Jupiter and, and Saturn... Um, are getting closer in the in the night sky, and they're gradually they have been gradually doing so over the last month or so. I love, I'm lucky enough to have a rooftop and and go out there, love looking out, seeing the stars, and you can see them night by night, getting closer and closer. And on December the twenty first, they are going to be so close in the night sky that they are going to be they're going to they are going to appear. As one big star, and the last time that's happened was in the year twelve hundred whatever, and the next time it's going to happen is the year twenty eighty, and that's interesting in itself because Nick, we might be alive for that. I mean, I'm yeah, you'll definitely be alive. And I was thinking, like, we, I mean, if we live to the year twenty eighty, we'll be ninety one years old. Yeah, which is a possibility. We could live to that possibility. It it will be. Podcast will I mean, have slowed down a bit. Probably the output would will be will be we'll probably be tri weekly, tri weekly, um, and yeah, less segments. Uh, I might talk more about just life in retirement homes. Yeah. I mean, what's um, different? But it is interesting to think that this phenomenon in the night sky that I'm super excited about and that I think I'll remember for a while that I could potentially it could be like this checkpoint. Yeah. Like the last time I saw this, I was thirty, and now I'm ninety. Like, yeah. But yeah, everyone look up in the night sky. You, Jupiter and Saturn are r- so obvious 
the the most visible stars in the sky. Jupiter looks like this big bright star, and then Saturn's right next to it. If you don't have Skyview Light, the app, download that app because you can. It's the greatest app ever. I think it's free. You can pay fifteen bucks a year to use it properly, uh, but you can just scan the sky for for stars. I highly recommend it. This is a celestial gift from the gods. Yeah. This is this is like the 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 Christmas star. Yeah. Happening. It's really amazing. The um the substitute that I'm uh putting in for traveling to Australia is uh Casey and I are doing a road trip down south for a week. Oh, um between cool. Christmas and uh first day uh New Year's Day. Um first day is what we call it here. Um the <laughs> <laughs> the uh uh one of the highlights of which for me, is uh, New Year's Eve in Lake Tekapur, which is a dark sky reserve, so there's no lights permitted uh, to pollute the night sky, and there's observatories and things there. And so on New Year's Eve, we're doing a stargazing tour at 10.30 at night, which will be beautiful, assuming that it's not cloudy. And then uh, after an hour's guided tour, it ends with an hour floating in like a pool, staring up at space in a dark sky reserve so it's ending with like just chilling in a pool staring into the milky way in a dark sky reserve the front door that sounds like the most amazing thing ever did this your idea yeah ah yeah yeah it's gonna be here nick that sounds so good i have told you this before i don't know if you're just playing along for the podcast or whether you've forgotten that i sent it to you i don't i don't play i don't play okay um no i didn't I just completely forgot. Yeah. So that's, the case. that's something very exciting to look forward to. And I imagine even uh, though it won't quite be the, the nexus of their proximity to each other, they'll still be pretty close to each other then. And hopefully we'll get to enjoy. Um, so what day are you going? The 31st will be there. 31st. So 10 days well, later. The, they'll still be around. Well, you'll still be able to see it regardless, but you can st- you can just see them now. It's starting to get close. Yeah. They're quite close now. Yeah, December twenty first, whatever is going to be the the time where they yeah, they're going to appear away. as the yeah. star as the same yeah. star. But can't wait for that. Um, yeah. By the way, did you get my girlfriend a Christmas card, and not me? Uh, I don't remember if I. What the fuck's this? I definitely sent Emma a Christmas card. Did I? Did I forget to send you a? Well, oh, that's awkward. Yeah, it's awkward because I fucking got you a present. Oh. And you gave my girlfriend to get your and girlfriend not just a... any Christmas present. Yeah, an essay of a Christmas card. Yeah, a really nice sort of heartfelt card. Yeah, now I am remembering that. Did I? Oh, that's all good. I didn't. You haven't read it. No, I haven't read it. Oh, that's probably fine. That's probably for the best. <laughs> I'm just skim reading now here, and then the... <laughs> and the... this is don't take my laughter as acceptance of this okay no, i'm anyway, still mad i'm still really mad but i'm just skipping do you this. want to read it out and, and in the print should i read it out oh it's quite long no nah, it's long no in the in the in the um in the print section where they it's like give you it says merry christmas that's just default and you've written or islam <laughs> which doesn't make sense at all, but it's very funny. But I'm still very cross. Okay, I didn't get anything, and and you're gonna feel like a right 
prick. I am. I am after this that. present that I put in so much thought into. Okay, well that's uh, that's still foreshadowing because we're going to quickly do a wreck engine because I got a couple of things. You know, we're going into the Christmas season. People have time. They've been begging me. What should I watch? What should we do? Let's start <laughs> the wreck engine. Yeah, they're just like, oh, people, stop, stop. I'll, I'll get stop. it soon. <laughs> Enough. <laughs> I'll recommend you something soon. Just quit it. <laughs> I'll grab the keys. Grab the keys, Nick. You said the thing. Welcome to Deep Thoughts Recommendation Engine. Uh... Alrighty, uh, I got uh, two shows in an album. We're going to rattle through them quite quickly. Um, the album Sunlux, Sunlux. Uh, has released a couple of albums this year and what they're doing like a three-part series called Tom- Tomorrow's. So there's Tomorrow's 1. Tomorrow's 2 just came out. It's really terrific. That's sort of like in an electronic-y sort of uh, R&B kind of Sufjani kind of bullshit. You know my styles. Go listen to it. It's really nice. Um, okay. Is that your album of the year? No. Uh, that's a difficult question. Quickly, no, I squeeze oh. in an album of the year. Oh fuck, I might have to look that up. I've got one off the. I've got one off the bat. Okay. Album of the year. I decided this the other day. It's Shaw by Fleet Foxes. That album. It's a very me, good album. Just growing me exponentially. That's my album of the year. That's a very good album. Love it. Oh, that's really tough. Um, God. Essential. I really like quite. No, I don't think so. That's an okay album. That's a, a lot of people didn't like it. Like I heard friends. I like it. I just found it a little it. bit. I found it a little bit repetitive. If you cut out um, Death Star and whatever the song that comes straight after that, if you cut out those two tracks, I think I'd like I'd like the whole package. But by that yeah. point, like two thirds in, it's just a little bit slow for me. Um, mm. I like it when he's more sporadic in stuff like Age of Odds. Um, okay. Or if it's one note or like one vibe, like uh, Carrie and Lowell was, that the lyricism of it is really deep and interesting. And I find that the weakest part of Ascension. One note, one vibe. Uh, I think probably... I really got a lot out of the Ultra Easter sister album mm, i think that was a good. fucking good album sure is fine. very good um the quiet river of dust uh sort of the series by richard reed parry i think the second one came out this year that was really nice but i think the number one album for me has to be the san Fermin, uh the cormorant one and two that was that has been in my head ever since it came out in like april and i just okay. fucking love it San Fermin. I've previously wrecked that one. You have, yeah. All right. Uh, I'll, go, I'll properly... Why don't you recommend it twice on the recommend... That's when I'll listen That's to when it. you start to listen, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, TV shows, very quickly. They're both comedies, very different styles. The first one, six-part documentary HBO series, How To with John Wilson. Yes! Executive produced by Nathan Fielder. It is... It is... A one-man show of this guy who walks around New York and films random clips and then strings them together into very small-scale documentaries that go off into very interesting directions. Uh, it's a bit indescribable, but 
very touching by the end, particularly when it starts to overlap with the pandemic. And the last episode sort of charts the the pandemic as it rolls out in real time in a way that I hadn't seen done on TV elsewhere. Well, no spoilers. I'm I'm on episode four, and thank you for that recommendation. That it is right up my alley. I second that recommendation. That is such a funny show. Love it. It's like nothing you've ever seen. Yeah, I don't even know what it is, but it's I don't know what it is. The best. It's so good. Uh, Definitely check it out. And then on the complete opposite end of naturalism, the Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun on Netflix is a sketch series by Auntie Donna which is a uh, a trio of Australian comedians. And it is, like, very, very aggressively, like, written, hyper-edited, um, Netflix set money, um, strange cameos and things. And it's just very bizarre and very funny. I, I laugh a lot watching that. I'm so surprised that that is your vibe. Why is that? You've watched? Just, yeah, well, dude, those guys live literally around the corner from me. Right, yeah, shit. Yeah. Um, so you, I see them all the time. And I was actually having this conversation just before I got here that there's something about Auntie Donna and I think it's the Australian, like, everything's a drum, like, that I hate. But I also can't look away. Like, yeah. it, it also is very interesting. And it was produced by Scott Alkerman, that one. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't it? And, and Ed, Ed Helms. And Ed Helms, yeah. Um. And I did watch all of it. I was a little bit uh, stoned every time, if you know what I mean. Um, but uh, I did, I I kind of like had a love-hate relationship with it. Like I hated that I loved it. Yeah. If, uh, but I didn't love it, but I was like, I don't know. I'm so surprised that you liked it. I really like it. It's It's, I think what I really like is that outside of the concepts of the sketches, the execution is like so fucking nice the 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 milliseconds for every shot like the the editing of it is so tight the visual effects of it is so polished the the transitions from moment to moment is so good the ludicrous nature that they go off into these little worlds that level of it the meta like tv production of it on top of the fact that just like the premises of the jokes are mostly pretty funny i really like i i just am impressed by it yeah it is an impressive combination of going off on this most the most surrealist tangent ever but written yeah like like i don't like i'm just on, constantly thinking about how they did both of those things they yeah. were like trying to be absurd but also write it out and like, how does and because the production value is quite high and how does egg helms get involved how like how do how do they know each other how did this show partnership happen yeah. Also, Ed Helms just produces shit. Like, that's yeah, weird. yeah, I don't know. But yeah, good, good on him. Like, I don't know. I don't know where I stand on Auntie Donna, but I, they did entertain me for a while. Yeah. Have you got any wrecks? Oh, I was just trying to think of. Uh, hopefully, um, what's one movie that I can give you? Um, great movie of this year. Oh, I really loved On the Rocks, which is a Sofia Coppola film, the new Sofia Coppola film. It's kind of a nothing. Is that the one with Rashida Jones, or am I imagining it? Rashida Jones and Bill Murray. Yeah, It's just a a really nice movie. It's not anything special. It's no Lost in Translation, but it's just a really nice movie. 
Uh, what else? Possessor was good. I can't really think of on the spot, but I'll probably post in my Facebook top five films. But sweet, on the rocks was up there for sure. Nice. All right. Should I open this present? Open the motherfucking present. Okay. <coughs> can't wait for this. I'm so glad that the um packaging the package arrived away. in time. Yeah. No, it didn't arrive in time at all. But Oh, is this the one that was meant to come last week with the koozies well, in it? I was hoping that it was kind of time in, in time for Christmas, but what I guess it still is before Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, what I have here... <laughs> what I have here is... A sealed... Oh, it's very funny that we dissed these guys earlier. A sealed capsule of Manscaped brand Crop Mops. The hashtag, Refining the Gentleman. These are refreshing ball wipes with active (laughs) pH control. (laughs) An anti-chafing, moisturizing, deodorizing ball wipe, perfect for on the go. Yes, sir. For your active life, your work, your travel, your dating, you got 15 individually packaged pH balanced ball wipes with a signature Manscaped scent designed for easy travel and quick on-the-go use. These antibacterial, anti-chafing ball wipes will keep you dry all day. You'll be clean, fresh, and ready for anything. Wink. It doesn't say wink. I just in- read in a wink. Oh, That's that is right. so kind. It's the present I didn't know that Isn't I that needed. is a great gift? It's both That's funny gift. and also you probably and use it. Oh, and that's also four from to me. six times a week, probably. That's also from me to you and Casey, because you guys are an <laughs> established couple now. So we, yeah. I give you a couple. I give you presents. A couple, two gift. a couple. Uh, well, it's fifteen, um, so I, I guess we'll split one. <laughs> I mean, you're both gonna get. You're, you're gonna get use out of both of them either way. It's it's true. We'll both you know. benefit. Well, that's so um, kind of you. I, you're welcome. I'm very appreciative. Um, yeah. Tell Emma I love her. All right. Um, I'll just uh, I, I'll open my present now. Uh, I just think. Sorry. Just just look up. Just look. Just look up. Ah, uh, you see that? See that part of the moon that you own? <laughs> no, I'm inside. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Metaphorically. Fine, uh, I didn't know that that was going to be the gift that keeps on giving. It's the gift that you know it comes back. You got every me now, that gift five years, years ago. ago no, dude. you're in Melbourne. What does that mean? You were in Melbourne. All right. I was like, I'm up Melbourne time. I don't know, the years go slow. I, You're sleepwalking. Um, You're sleepwalking. Michael, wake don't, up. Don't. Don't. It's scary to sleepwalk, Nick. Don't make fun of me for sleepwalking. You farted while you did it. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I'm not going to sleepwalk and just do what everyone else does. You don't want to be, what, a conformist? I'm going to fart, wake myself up, and then sleepwalk. Like a gentleman. <laughs> like a gentleman. I'm going to like sleep, I'm going to fart in bed, then get up and walk away. <laughs> also, Emma said, just on that, uh, Emma said she was already up because I was okay. already, like, talking in my sleep. Right. So she was already awake, and yeah. then I did the loudest <laughs> fart of all time. <laughs> and then I went and pissed into the, the washing corner. basket and she was just awake for all of it i like that <laughs> her reaction was like that's just michael being michael i'm not gonna and intervene at all that's what i said like she didn't laugh which is 
the worst part. Like that's the saddest. In that moment, at like three thirty a.m., she didn't find any humor. She was like, "Ugh, God, this sucks. I hate this guy. It's fucking gross." <laughs> at least he has a podcast. Uh.